0: I'd like to welcome on to Digging in the Dirt, my friend and upstate neighbor, farmer Tiana Kennedy. Tiana has been farming in the northern Catskills for over a decade. She is the executive director of the Catskills Agrarian Alliance, a multi-stakeholder food sovereignty project working on many food-related issues in the New York Catskills food shed. Tiana, Amanda Wong, and my friend Walter Reeson also own and operate Star Root Farm, a diversified vegetable and small grain farm growing exclusively for mutual aid. The CAA evolved from the 607 CSA, an 800-person multi-farm community-supported agriculture project supporting 45 farms and food businesses in Otsego, Shahari, and Delaware counties. Tiana is a member of the Watershed Ag Economic Viability Committee and is treasurer for the Draft Animal Power Network. In 2022, she was awarded a certificate of special congressional recognition by Representative Antonio Delgado. She started the Catskills chapter of the National Young Farmers Coalition. She is also a founding member of Delhi's Bushel Collective and the Schooner Apollonia, a Hudson Valley sail freight venture. For fun, she distills absinthe, obsesses over her chickens, and plays cello with her friends. Welcome, Tiana. Thank you. You are one busy lady. Most right. people would be exhausted with just farming, but you have many things to talk to us about today. <laughs>
1: Walter and Amanda are holding down the farm these days for
0: the most part, but yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, well, let's start with the Catskill Agrarian Alliance. You know, Tell us what it is. And you know what I'm curious about, what's a food shed?
1: Well, it's if you think of maybe the idea of watersheds where you have like a mountain range and, you know, water that goes down to rivers, it goes down to oceans. Um, we think about, you know, and, and trucking, you think of corridors where you have like little routes that you take. But if, if you think about those two things, um, you combine those things into like the the these trucking routes that go to these metropolitan areas, um, from rural regions are you know there's some that go to new york and then some naturally go to boston and some you know so basically our area the hudson valley you know some places in new jersey and pennsylvania are all sort of heading towards uh new york city because that's the biggest metropolitan area so but quite literally where we are in the catskills is also new york city's watershed because this is where that much of the water from new york city comes from so we're the watershed and the food shed for new york city
0: i get it So what is the Catskill, Agrarian Alliance doing?
1: Well, the Catskill, so basically we, I had been running a farm and then in order to finance that, because we didn't have any capital to start it, we started a CSA, which is the model where people pay up front and then get veggies throughout the year as a repayment for that um, financial investment. And we made that a multi-farm CSA um, just to, you know, make sure everybody... Had had good food and a variety of full food. It was a full diet CSA, and that was successful. The food, the farmers, and the Catskills are great. The food was beautiful, and it kind of grew thirty to fifty percent every year until it sort of eclipsed our production capabilities. So we split them into two businesses, and we had the CSA business and the farm business. And the farm just fed into the CSA as one of its markets. But then, um and that was kind of trucking along, and I was managing both to the best of my ability. But then during the pandemic when COVID hit we pivoted really quickly in march We usually our csa schedule is usually from like june to november but when the pandemic hit and supply chains were wonky and everything was scary we galvanized that network that we'd built um over the past five years and turned it on as like this home delivery food you know business that just like just happened so we were delivering to like 40 catskills towns and we got a lot more farms involved and a lot more people involved and that year, our sales jumped to, and we we had like 800 members sign up, and it was just like this wow. enormous project. And so I really needed help. It was really hard to do all by myself. And um, we also started uh, fundraising to to take some of this food and buy it from the farmers, and then distribute it to the mutual aid groups that were helping these pop up food emergency food relief efforts in the city right. and upstate. And so I was successful in fundraising that year, and we found uh, sort of an angel philanthropist that, that enabled us to hire a team and continue doing our um, donative work. And then while I was at it, <laughs> I had been doing um, ag nonprofit work for a really long time, and the two nuts that nobody were able to crack up here were farm institution work and land access work. Those are like two projects that just seem difficult and so we took those on too because I I had ideas about how we might make some inroads so we did and we we started working with local schools and we started working with American Farmland Trust and Agrarian Trust to create a commons in the Catskills um, so that BIPOC and other people that don't always have access to land can come up and learn how to farm and start their own farms up here and all that was really great but it was not profitable <laughs> It's not a, this is not a for-profit business model. So we started talking to Pace Law and over the course of like a year and a half, all the stakeholders got involved and we came up, came up with an organizational model that made sense where the CSA would turn into a nonprofit and lease the farm um, to operate the farm. And we'd do these four program areas, which is food production using, you know, we use agroecological production methods like sustainable regenerative ag um, so we're like creating a place for people to come learn and watch and work with us while we produce this food that we then give away. We're doing the donative work, um, the mutual aid work. We're doing farm to school work. This year, we, I think we have like $100,000 worth of food committed. We're feeding 42,000 kids up here with local food. And then we have this land access project that is just um, taking off this 300 acre farm is under contract to be part of the first farm in this commons that we're developing. And, but we still run our CSA in our farm too. So right. so it's
0: not just star root though. Star root farm is the main principal farm in this endeavor, but you also take from other farms, you, you pay for their, their produce.
1: Yeah. We, we work with all the CSA farms and then, and then some, so there's a couple farms in the Hudson Valley and a whole, virgining amish community up here so a lot of the farm to school work is happening with the amish community that we're working with and then the mutual aid work is from all the farms so basically we we act as this as a hub where we aggregate all these orders and the farmers we just ask them for food agnostic of the stream that you know the the so like all they know is they need to bring 17 17 chickens and they don't know if that's going to the schools or going (laughs) to donations or going to the csa or going to you know
0: you make that decision
1: yeah, we we just we have all of our um plates spinning and then we just uh, we simplify it for the farms and say, you know, we're gonna <laughs> like a lot of plates. <laughs> yeah, but but it, it works really well because for instance, we couldn't do any of this other work if we didn't have the CSA happening anyway. So it's like basically the reason that we're able to do all this work is because we have the we're hand in glove with all these farms. We have the logistics to make it happen. Where, you know we are where the rubber hits the road, so it's not just like ideas that we're trying to implement or contract out to other people we're like executing on them. And so because we have this infrastructure set up to do all these deliveries, then we can add the farm to school or the mutual aid onto that. but we already have the volume happening because the CSA already exists. so it's it's they are all, all of these things are really important and support each other um, and couldn't really exist or it would be way less efficient if they were their own projects.
0: Yeah, that's what I like about what you've been you wrote and what you've been telling me is that you're actually doing it. You know, you're actually doing stuff for the community and it's actually working. These things you talk about are very difficult things for the farmers who are, you know, they just don't have the wherewithal to do this kind of organizational stuff and you're doing it.
1: Right, or not even the wherewithal. I mean, a lot of farmers are super smart, or otherwise they wouldn't be able to like exist in this really horrible environment. Um, but they just don't have the time. You know, they just are farming. the yeah. you know, Business. I have
0: to grow stuff. I don't. I can't market it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. that's It's admirable that you're doing. Now, you do now. The the Agrarian Alliance. You say you you want the right for people to have healthy, culturally appropriate food through ecologically sound and sustainable methods, as well as by supporting the right to define your own food systems could you explain that a little bit
1: yeah basically so we're the whole project can be kind of under this one umbrella of like the idea of food sovereignty which is what you just um, defined largely which is where it's not just you know consumers and producers it's community of people that are you know involved in this food system so something that makes us different than many other like normal food hubs is that the people that end up receiving the food help dictate what that food will be so we get together with our mutual aid partners we have a mutual aid advisory board a farmer advisory board and then just a normal board of directors we get together with the mutual aid groups and figure out what sort of food we should be producing or focusing on for the following year for their communities we get together with the farmers to see what their needs are you know and we and and many of the people that were originally just volunteers for these different organizations are now part of our organization. So, you know, uh, the stakeholders are decision makers, and um, it's sort of like a cyclical iterative uh, process where, you know, we we can change gradually based on the needs of the community that we're serving, not just what, what we want, what we think is a good idea. Mm-hmm. So, so that's like, yeah, basically, we just have meetings and they say, you should grow this and we say, okay, and then they come help us grow it and then we deliver it to them.
0: So you help the uh, farmers decide what to grow that's going to be fed into the CSA. Now, the CSA is not just at Star Root, right? I mean, I'm sure you have people picking up, but we should probably define CSA as community-supported agriculture, just in case people listening don't understand that. And well, we it's a it's a where people buy shares. It could buy I don't know if you have quarter shares, but there's some people have quarter shares, half shares, and full shares, and you commit to a certain amount of money so that you get a certain amount of a uh, box load of uh, vegetables whenever you define it, you know, yeah, week, we do, weekly or monthly.
1: Yeah. So we do we do uh, full or every we do every other week or every week, and we we do veggies from three different farms, uh, Chicory Creek, actually four. Chicory Creek Star Out lucky dog and berry brook farms so we aggregate all the veggies so there's always a good variety but then we also have you know 30 other farms so you can have milk or chicken or whatever you can get a, a share of whatever you want weekly or every other week or you can just order it whenever you want so you just like get your veggies every week but you want to buy a chicken this week you can do that you know it's sort of like a that's very cool
0: that's cool.
1: system and then we also have sliding scale and we have yeah and and we have like you can pay weekly instead of all up front if that's easier for you so we have all sorts of like payment plans to make it more affordable but the the people dictate what what happens in the csa but more so what's going on with the mutual aid work so instead of just being like this group in bushwick are going to get this the group in bushwick will come up and say hey we're really interested in you growing this because it's like our community is missing this type of pepper or you know Uh so we grow for those So places.
0: that's what we were talking about before there's more than just the star route pickup place how many do you have, have around 40. the region
1: 40 we have
0: 40 pickup places wow
1: we have 20 in the city and 20 upstate um they go all the way down into the hudson valley so we have some in catskill and kingston and um and phoenicia but mostly it's delaware and otsego and Schoharie counties but then in the city it's queens brooklyn manhattan
0: and how often do you you ship it down there? I mean, you must be shipping a weekly.
1: We do about ten pallets a week, yeah, which is like four tons of food or so.
0: So you have a trucker that's your your trucker.
1: We we work with Annie Myers from Vermont. She comes down and picks up from Lucky Dog. Our, our aggregation happens at Lucky Dog Farm because it's a mm-hmm. farm with more storage and trucks, um, and she takes it to mark Agar's spot in the navy yard and then so he's a fishmonger he has he runs brooklyn fish transfer and um so his truckers do our last mile delivery or actually now we're using hub on the hill to do last mile so mark is our warehousing space and then this other group in the adirondacks called hub on the hill does our last mile for us in the city but then in the Catskills, we have our own driving team that's like in-house
0: where do people find information about signing up for one of these csa's or Hi. is it possible
1: yeah, it is. we We're kind of between spots right now. So I think I think maybe in a week or two we'll have shares up for next year. But you can go to the six zero seven csa dot com and read all about it and see what kind of stuff we have
0: mm-hmm we're talking to tiana kennedy she's the executive director of the catskill agrarian alliance and many other things which we're going to get to now so what about the cost of this i mean it must cost a lot of money to ship things down there i mean the way the gas has been so so how do you how do you reconcile that how do you get well, money to do that?
1: that we're a nonprofit now i mean we we have we, there are ways to do this to run a profit as a farm it's hard you know because half of USDA and the farm bill subsidizes, you know, one set of farmers and not small organic farms. So, you know, transportation for like big guys out West is subsidized, but we have to pay for all of our transportation. We don't have crop insurance. We don't have like all these other things that big farms do, but you can still run a profitable model if you're super efficient um, and you grow for the highest bidder, you know, you're going to Union Square Market and charging, you know, $20 a pound for your microgreens or whatever, you can make it work. But if you're just trying to feed the people, and especially people that might not normally have access to food, it becomes inefficient intentionally, and there's no way to support that model in a profitable way. So, yeah, that's one reason we're a nonprofit now. But the trucking is super expensive. It's like 20% of our gross. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So what, do you try to get your your, pro, your produce into the local stores? You know, I mean, there's some big chains out there. Do they accept them? I mean, this I, one of the problems I always found people complaining about is that, you know, here it's grown right here in the neighborhood, but you can't get it into the stores because the shelf space is all taken up by big producers.
1: Yeah, it's really hard. When I was working at Lucky Dog, I was like running around to, you know, Price Chopper and Hannaford and trying to make local sales. And there's a group in margaretville freshtown that took it but nobody else did there's a group in um kingston called mother earth those guys buy from us um there's a couple little co-ops that buy from us and like little markets you know like good cheap food or these, these tiny little like local mm-hmm. um, town-based markets but in general, it's really hard, yeah, to, to because all the local branch people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once you get up to the corporate offices, they're like, no, nah, this is too much work and they don't really want to do it. And one of the reasons that we're doing this model is because a lot of their complaints are valid, which is that small farms can be inconsistent and, you know, mm-hmm. you know they, sure. just want, they just want X on the shelf and they, they want things predictable for their customers. But what we're trying to do and what has been working and what, we're, you know, we're like proof of concept for us as the farm to school work is the whole idea for me was that we can scale by collaboration and not just by like one farm scaling um which is you know used to be like get big or get out and then but that makes you very vulnerable and then you get in debt and then you commit suicide as a farmer <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like a real problem but like but what we're trying to do is like keep everybody at the scale they're comfortable at and producing the quality of food that they're comfortable at but aggregating that food so that we can feed into these larger systems or networks and so we that's where I feel like our farm to school work is a really great first proof of concept of that, where we're aggregating from a bunch of smaller farms and managing to come up with 11,000 tons or pounds of tomatoes for this tomato sauce project, or like, you know, what, you know, X potatoes for the school lunch Thursday Mm -hmm. project, you know, we're just starting there. And if the other thing that's scary is to get farms to scale, and then you lose your market, you know, that happened a lot with a lot of these like tech firms like Good Egg or Formigo or next door organics you know where they are like we promise we'll buy all this food and then they lose their funding and then the farms have failed and then they don't have a market for their food and it's just it's hard so So it sounds
0: like you're moving away from being the farmer you know you're doing much more organizational stuff you
1: know well don't say that i
0: I know you as a good hard working farmer so this is kind of wild to hear you say now you're you're dealing with serious all kinds of serious issues which are necessary obviously
1: problem is and this is what walter and i always found and now amanda but when we first started farming is all i ever wanted was to just you know plant a bean and watch it grow but like the you you can't you have to reinvent all these systems in order to just be a farmer you know because not that everything's broken (laughs) okay (laughs) fine i'll do all this other stuff just so i guess so my hope is to just go back into the field but you know it's just like we all want to be able to make a living wage and that's really hard as a farmer you know like I think Walter sure paid like $10,000 a year for years you know <laughs> so so we're trying to create a system that you know where people can be paid like a normal teacher's salary or something and like be able to survive and still do this good work that we want to do
0: yeah let's hope that you know this works out it sounds like you're doing you got a good plan here and it's working so that's yeah good. I, I mean, mean the
1: cool thing the cool thing is we're doing the work and it's working the the hard thing is our like angel philanthropist guy got married and you know, wandered away. And so we're, we're now in a big fundraising moment, but because, but we do have like this proof of concept that like, hey, you know, it's not just an idea and it's not just a brand new organization because our, our nonprofit is like three months old, but, you know, but we've been doing this work for For a long time
0: yeah i know i've I've watched it grow for sure so if since we're on that subject where do they say if there's an angel out there wants to get involved or there's just regular people who want to donate what they can where should they go to do that
1: um the catskills agrarian alliance website has a you know a donate area and it can be just also just a lot of people have wisdom that you know we've a lot of our csa members are like fundraisers and have been like really helpful in helping me develop materials and language you know so it doesn't have to be monetary it could also just be like hey I have an idea and we're really open to communication but if you do have money we do have a fiscal sponsor we're still working with the IRS they're like backed up a year to get our EIN you know in their databases but we we have a fiscal sponsor so there's if you want to make a big check donation it will be tax exempt if you want to just do like a small one that's great too and then we also have this like one that we just started up that's like a repeating donation so you could do like 10 bucks a month or something
0: yeah WpKn has one of those too those are helpful to know that you're getting your money every month right
1: yeah so yeah that's, that's good we'll, we'll see it's, it's it's hard to like ask for money from the community that you're trying to serve knowing that everybody's struggling right now so you know sure with, so, but but also so you know yeah we're doing good work. Scoharie County just did a study for their economic development of what what needs to be focused on in in like agriculture and economic development for that county, and it was aggregation, distribution, work with schools. It was you know all the stuff that we're already doing, and so for me it was just like okay okay we're on the right track you know <laughs> like, yeah keep it going
0: because you, know, you got to like, get them to give you some money <laughs>
1: yeah exactly well they're you know that's like three years out but you know yeah. but yeah. definitely definitely on you know the idea is to like work with these local economic development or like local and state governments to see if there's any room in the budget for us
0: you're listening to digging in the dirt and my guest tiana kennedy executive director of the catskill agrarian alliance you know the hardworking lady and really good ideas and actually stuff that's actually working you know i mean it's actually fun i think functioning for the community so briefly what was the bushel collective why what makes it different than other things bushel yeah
1: well because it's it's a it's a third iteration of this like public space where anything can happen it's sort of like the idea of a polis like a place where the community invents what the space is used for Mm-hmm. I, ran a, I ran a boat project in the Gowanus in like 2003-04 called the Empty Vessel Project, and that was the first iteration. And then we, when that sunk, <laughs> we, we took over a luncheonette in Greenpoint. This old old woman didn't want it to be gentrified into some bar or pub, so we just left it exactly as it was and ran it as a social club. And that's called the Sunview Luncheonette. But when I moved upstate, there was a video store in Delhi, and I was with a bunch of friends, and we we're like, what if we use a space to do all oh. sorts of So so it's a really fun collective project that does have gallery stuff and readings and, but, you know, music and just whatever anybody wants to do. There's like meditation there and source point and yoga. And I don't know, it's just whatever the community wants to use the space for, which is really fun.
0: Sure. So uh, I got to talk to you about the schooner Apollonia. Um, You know, I went to, when you mentioned that, I said, I got to check it out. So then I found out there's actually a movie called Wind yeah sale, sale freight comes to the 21st century tell me a little bit about this is know, it's, it's this is fun stuff right
1: yeah no well yeah it's all it's all but it's all sort of the same project which is regional food that makes sense you know because there's all this thought and attention um to how food is produced in like environmental or ethical ways and then you throw it on a diesel truck that goes you know or like <laughs> it's like jammed up in traffic forever and so we're trying to create um trying to reactivate the Hudson, which is our original super highway using like post so beautiful statistics, you know, so the sale we I think we we used like i forget five thousand dollars worth of of um fuel this year, something like that, maybe or maybe five hundred I don't even know, but it it was definitely like I have to look at that statistic, but the idea is that we were like ninety-eight percent sail. You know, we sailed like we would only use the motor to like go off the dock in a really tricky situation. But otherwise, it was like completely sail powered, which is really cool. And we moved like fifty thousand tons of cargo, you know, per year for the past couple of years, which is really awesome. We did five five runs, but the the background is basically in twenty thirteen. I was between farming gigs, and I worked with this farmer in Vermont. On this little project called the Vermont Sail Freight Project, where he he built he built this little plywood boat, and we took it. We got a bunch of like eleven thousand pounds of produce from Vermont farmers and took it down the Hudson to the city as a proof of concept thing for this idea. Mm-hmm. kept going back and forth in Hudson, and these guys there were like, "This is a great idea, but it's the wrong boat." And so the next year, they bought this sixty foot schooner that was in somebody's backyard, and for the next five years, we restored it. And then in 2020, we launched it as a business. Um, So I'm...
0: Cool. It sure is beautiful. You know, I got to watch the documentary. I haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah. And the crew is amazing. They're all like super talented sailors and you know, I've been sort of the logistics person or the strategic planner or whatever since the beginning, but I finally got on the boat this year and that was really fun.
0: <laughs> so. I'll, bet, I'll bet. And it's not just a pipe dream. It's not like they're going to do, a, you know, sort of a token sailing. They really want to start some freight being shipped by sail, and then not yeah. just with one boat.
1: Yeah, exactly. We, we mostly do malt right now from upstate down to downstate breweries. Um, we did a back of coffee back upstate this year. And then we do a lot of stops along. We'd work with like 20 ship like docks ports along the way and we move little things back and forth all along the way so it's like re, got re kind of like activating the waterfront reactivating like human scale commerce it's all like beautiful stuff that's built made in the vicinity of the you know in the hudson valley um and and yeah and we work with i forget how many different shipping partners but like we're, we're it's an actual business that's working and right now the the um you know the shipping costs are covering the expense of the trip and the crew um but cool we need more boats in order for it to, to cover to, uh, the logistics
0: i get it yeah well it's a good idea i mean shipping um uh malts makes sense The that area that you're up there in in the charlotte valley and that whole it was all hops and, and malt right for for years it was one of yeah. the biggest producers of it so it makes a lot of sense
1: yeah so that's yeah. a, a really cool project. check that one out. Too. Yeah, really. We did so, in 2015, we started all these things at the same time and they're all kind of like maturing into this like fully realized version of themselves.
0: Like you said, a lot of plates in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but here, here's one now that I, I, last time I saw you in person at the Star Route, you were trying to hitch up a couple of beautiful horses with, yeah. some, I mean, I was, those are beautiful, beautiful horses. And you're trying to put their, all the harnesses on them and, so tell me about this uh, draft animal power network
1: well you know it's it's all the same story or how can we do things sustainably how can we make the least impact um you know and so that's why we farm the way we do and we were doing the apollonia project but also you know draft animal power has been a huge part of farming and and um, forestry work forever and The farming part is really fun for me it makes a lot of sense it's quiet it's slow paced it's like beautiful and it doesn't burn diesel but the forestry part is what I get really excited about for like winter work um, because it's a really sustainable way to manage forests especially like small plots of land like you find in the Catskills privately owned land where you can go in in the winter selectively cut take it out with these horses and not leave an impact um you know keep, keep the next generation of Trees growing, not you know, do huge logging roads, and it's so got to be hard
0: work though, man. It is. <laughs> I love
1: hard work. That's what I miss. So I've been. Yeah, I
0: know you're definitely not afraid of work.
1: I, I've been apprenticing with um yeah, forestry guys for the past couple of years. Um, and we're apprenticing with draft forest people since twenty fifteen, and I've been on the board of this organization and just got my own team. So hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, they're beauties too. So that's that's great. Good luck with that. You'll know, have to talk to you about that again sometime. Yeah, so, I love it. yeah, we've been talking to Deanna Kennedy, executive director of the Catskill Agrarian Alliance. And you know, all these organizations have websites, of course. So you have the Catskill Agrarian Alliance dot org, you have Starroot Farm New York dot com, Bushel Collective.org, Schooner Apollonia dot com the 607 csa.com and the draft animal power.org so you can go to any of those if you didn't catch all that just email me at kevin.wpkn at gmail.com that's kevin dot don't forget that wpkn at gmail.com and i'll give you some contact information let you know how to find out more about what tiana is up to which is a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> Tiana, thank you so much for coming aboard. You know, once you want to give one more plug to where people can go if they want to help out with uh, financial help.
1: Yeah, that'd be amazing. It's um, catskillsagrarianalliance.org.
0: That's the, the main one on that list I just gave you. So, and you can always contact me and I'll, I'll hook you up. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on Digging in the Dirt.
1: Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Digging
0: in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher.